tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. Welcome to the A to Z of Disease Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Masi Korir. The conversation today is on asthma. And this is because during the COVID-19 pandemic, asthma is one of the upper respiratory tract infections that could easily be confused with COVID-19 because of almost the similarities in signs and symptoms. So we're in able hands with our consultant in respiratory medicine and critical care for the last eight years. He's a consultant at the Kenyatta National Hospital. And this is Dr. Andrew Odor. He's been a doctor for the last 16 years and he'll be explaining to us what asthma is all about and how to differentiate it with COVID-19 symptoms during this era when we are still fighting the pandemic. Welcome, Dr. Ari, to the podcast. Thank you very much, Masi. Okay, so we'll delve right into the conversation, asthma. Many mm. people have heard about it, but yeah. they may not really know asthma and differentiate it from all the other upper respiratory tract infection because of, you know, the symptoms are more or less similar. So just explain to us what this is. Asthma is what you call a heterogeneous disease. So it's a, it's a disease that con is, constitutes um, several symptoms. Uh, typically, it's one of the most, it's the most common chronic uh, respiratory uh, conditions. It is not an infection. Uh, most people are actually uh, treated for upper respiratory or lower respiratory tract infections or pneumonia as it were. Uh, in confusion with asthma. So asthma basically is a complex disease uh, with uh, majorly the symptoms being uh, patients will usually report they'll have a cough and this cough tends to be uh, chronic. Chronic means that the cough will usually be, have lasted for more than two weeks. They may also have chest tightness or chest congestion. Sometimes they may feel pain especially like under the ribs and uh, occasionally they may have also shortness of breath. Now the, the thing that is interesting about asthma uh, to differentiate it from the other respiratory conditions is that asthma tends to vary in what we call intensity. Okay, So uh, patients do not have two days that are almost the same. Okay, mm -hmm. So one day you are fine, the next day you are coughing, uh, you are having congestion of your chest, you are short of breath, mm -hmm. And then maybe to last maybe a day or two, then it disappears sometimes on its own. Then it comes back after a few days. Um, you start again experiencing the same symptoms. Um, for majority of um, uh, patients, mm -hmm. they'll usually report that the symptoms tend to be worse, uh, especially with uh, changes in the temperature and then in the atmospheric temperatures. Yeah, so this is what we cold. call diurnal variation, yes. So when it gets cold, patients say their symptoms get worse. So typically they'll say from evening, 
uh, going at night, especially dead in the night, uh, the symptoms tend to be unbearable. Uh, what's interesting about asthma, this is the one condition that you cough a lot. You mm -hmm. cough a lot, especially at night. So if, if, you, if you are experiencing such symptoms, like you cough a lot at night, or your child, you know, 2 a.m., you just hear the child coughing mm -hmm. uh, for, for apparently no reason then you want to suspect that it could be asthma. Uh, the other thing is when the weather changes, so you'll find that during the colder uh, seasons or e times of the year, then the symptoms will tend to worsen. Mm -hmm. Ty typically also uh, for asthma, patients may also report a history of allergy. Okay, so allergy here is in quotes because the layman understanding and our, uh, our scientific understanding of allergy is quite different. But some of the patients will usually also complain that um, if they're exposed to dust mm -hmm. or smoke uh, or strong scents like perfumes or paint, then their symptoms also are triggered. So they cough a lot. Could people, let's say with eczema, being one of those uh, conditions that are quote-unquote because of allergy, be prone to something like asthma so that if you have eczema, for example, you can then suspect you have asthma if you start getting this chronic cough? The answer is yes. Now, um, whenever I have um, clients in my office, I need to explain that. So allergy uh, is a family of uh, various conditions. The first one is what we call allergic conjunctivitis. So that's usually itchiness of the eyes or persons having redness of the eyes when they're exposed to, for example, dust. The second one is uh, is the nose. So patients will usually typically present with a lot of sneezing, especially in the morning or on exposure to dust, smoke, and strong smells. The third one is actually asthma. Okay. Mm -hmm. The fourth one is eczema, which tends to uh, be actually a small rash, tends to like the arms, okay, around the elbows mm -hmm. and, and, and behind the knees, very itchy. So you itch. And then sometimes it just goes away, very itchy. Uh, in children, it may tend to also uh, have a predilection for the face and the neck. So the child usually itches a lot and then it goes away. Then mm -hmm. it comes back and it goes away. Lastly is actually food allergy or mainly protein allergy. So you eat, you, somebody eats eggs, eggs or meat. meat and then they itch. Or they have bumps all over their body or they have extreme amounts of uh, abdominal pains. So those five are what constitute allergy. Now, when you see one, okay, then you have to be on the lookout for another. So if somebody has eczema and they start having this cough that is not going, they've been given antibiotics mm -hmm. uh, first time, it didn't work, then you want to suspect asthma because these conditions also have what you call a genetic basis to them. So these are diseases that are actually inherited from either your parents or your grand. Sometimes it can skip a generation or your grandparents. So mm -hmm. it's not unusual to somebody to come and say, hey, or we make a diagnosis of asthma and then they tell us, oh, my grandma also was asthmatic. Okay. So when we come back to COVID, the pandemic that is currently bothering everyone, and you said um, asthma has a cough, COVID has a cough. Mm. How does one differentiate when, you know, um, they're having this cough and they all of a sudden and they don't know uh, where it is coming from? How would they suspect it is COVID? So in the initial phase, it might be indistinguishable. Um, for asthma, of course, we want to have that history. Uh, so that it's mo it may not be the first time you're having the cough. Um, but 
if it was starting out then typically there are some there's some things that probably might um uh make you think that probably it is covid for example but it may be hard initially so one is there a history of for example fever okay mm -hmm. so if there's history of fever then you want to think about an infection patients may also usually complain about loss of appetite uh, fatigue excessive fatigue muscle pains headaches uh, uh, they may not have typically the upper respiratory symptoms like a running nose uh, but that's what perhaps would make you think about uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. For asthma, the patients are generally usually fine. They eat okay. The major problem is actually usually the coughing. The coughing is it's, a it's, lot. They cough terrible. a lot. So typically, I, I, I always make this noise when I do any recordings that when you hear somebody go... <laughs> You know, they cough and cough and cough for almost... Increasing. Yeah, so it's up and down for almost like five minutes. Then you want to suspect asthma. asthma. Because the other respiratory conditions do not cause... The patients do not cough so much typically. Mm -hmm. But for asthmatic patients, they get bouts of cough. So they can cough even... I mean, I've had patients coughing for almost 30 minutes continuously. Okay? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's unrelenting. For the other respiratory conditions, they usually cough and then it goes away. Now, for COVID, also patients sometimes, depending, some patients have also had a severe cough. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why we need to test for COVID. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, we were worried that asthmatics may be prone to COVID-19. Um, they may die from this disease because, you know, upper respiratory tract infections, we don't know about your immunity. There's been a lot of concern, but you were telling me about something interesting that you've seen over the last one year about asthma and COVID, that they seem to be protected. So, initially, our patients were very worried because uh, COVID is a, is a respiratory tract infection and the uh, majority of our patients have respiratory conditions, especially asthmatics and uh, older patients who smoke, which we call chronic bronchitis, that they seem to, we were worried that they'd have a severe um, COVID or they would die. But what we have seen is that somehow our patients uh, have had some form of protection. We do not understand why, but one of the things that have been postulated is actually that since our patients use inhaled corticosteroids, that it tends to hide uh, those doses that the virus uses to enter the lung, okay? So in scientific language, we say the word receptors. Mm -hmm. So the virus will usually attach to these receptors on your airway, and then they get in into your respiratory system. So for patients who are asthmatic and are well-controlled, of course, these are well-controlled asthmatics, then they seem not to get that severe form of disease and sort of have some protection. Now, for the ones who are not controlled or not using regularly their what you call inhaled steroids, then them they're actually worse than the general population. So if you're an asthmatic, not on treatment, not under control, then you're likely to get severer uh, form of COVID. Okay, so this hiding uh, the receptors, is it like if you have a lock and key, then you yes. block the the lock yeah. so that the key cannot get into the door, so you cannot open the door? So it's like when, I, when, 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 when we used to have a lock and key, 
and as I came in, your scaries don't use a lock and key, they use a card. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. It's like um, it's, you've played tricks with the virus. So the, the virus expects to have a door and a lock, and then it comes and sees maybe, oh, we need to swipe your card, and or, you don't or have, you need or you need to, to use your palm print. Yeah, and, and it's not there. So the virus cannot get access into mm -hmm. the airway as it were. Mm -hmm. Something quite interesting. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. interesting. I, I think... Um, the year then has been interesting in terms of learning a lot about the new disease COVID and how, you know, who is at most risk of the disease. And clearly, asthmatics are protected because of the steroids. Yeah, and unfortunately, diabetics have borne the worst, <laughs> the and biggest brunt of the yes, disease and because they have, they, yeah, because they have too many, <laughs> they have too many uh, keyholes. So the virus is just going in there mm -hmm. freely, opening the door and getting in. And like, for example, the asthmatics where now it's a biometric instead of a, of a key okay. and, a, and, a, and a keyhole, mm -hmm. as it were. Unfortunate for, you know, diabetics for the, for the diabetics, have, diabetics yeah. have yeah. had the biggest brunt. Mm. So unfortunate. Okay. So now COVID, we know we'll do a, sw a swab, we'll test, we'll be able to find out if one has COVID. What about asthma? So... Uh, when 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 COVID began, um, we we had restrictions because for asthma we usually do what we call peak flow, uh, which is usually just a small tube uh, that you blow, and we have measurements on it. Uh, we in 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 sophisticated uh, centers like where I work in Kenyatta, we actually have good machines called spirometry machines or lung function test. Mm -hmm. So for typically asthma is a disease that tends to affect the functioning of the lung. So many people will usually come with an x-ray in my office, Dactaria had an x-ray or a CT scan. Mm -hmm. They almost they are good to rule out other things, but you'll not be able to make a diagnosis of asthma on a radiograph or a chest x-ray or a CT scan simply because it tends to affect the airways, not the lung itself. So it's not like a lung disease, it's an airway disease. The small pipes inside the lung, those are the ones that are affected. And what usually happens is when these patients are exposed to these triggers that we had mentioned, smoke, dust, cold air, then their airways tend to uh, swell a lot. So when they swell a lot, it makes it very hard for air to go in and come out. And that's why they usually manifest the symptoms. And uh, typically, air going in is not so much of a problem because you have a diaphragm, a strong muscle, that mm -hmm. when it moves downwards, the volume in your in your chest increases. Increases. and if you remember some little physics, when volume increases, the pressure goes down. So air just rushes it. The problem usually is when now you want to remove that air because uh, now the, the the airway is very narrow, mm -hmm. and when air passes through a very narrow um, uh, chamber, then it usually passes with a lot of turbulence and that's what usually typically causes that noise that asthmatics have called a wheeze. Mm -hmm. So wheezing is basically very narrow airways, severely obstructed and air is trying to pass through a very narrow aperture and that's where they make that noise. You're quite dramatic with your illustrations. I'm not, I'm not dramatic. <laughs> this is Kenya so um, uh, sometimes be patients uh, and Kenyans will have difficulty trying to explain their symptoms. So you want to make it as simple That's as possible. If I ask so her, it's a dramatization. Yes, if I ask a 65-year-old granny about a wheeze, she may not know what that is. But if I tell her, Mama, at night when you sleep, or if I ask her husband, does she make a noise while she's asleep? <laughs> she says, oh, yeah, she does. Yeah, that one, she makes that noise. People will call it rattling, grantling, crackling. They'll 
try and make a lot of noise. But when you dramatize it, then it's almost mm. uh, uh, very, uh, very it's sensitive. Very, yeah, it's very accurate. Yeah, it's very accurate. It's very accurate. The A to Z of disease podcast okay so now you're, you're talking about exposure to dust you know and other pollutants and mm. earlier on you're mentioning to me about all the urbanization and the construction that we may have an asthma problem in the near future it, it's 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 unfortunate but for kenya that is rapidly developing this is something that we'll have to contend with um especially in most of our cities and towns there's a lot of um construction going on uh, there's lots of industries being put up so there's a lot of dust in the in the in the atmosphere as it were uh, in 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 for example Nairobi where uh, constructions all over the place a mega construction so just imagine somebody who lives uh, either in South B or South C and there's this overpass being done and there's dust every day uh, and you have your children living just near the highway and they're exposed to this dust it's 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 unfortunate but of course the cases of asthma will increase because uh for asthmatics there are things that we call aeroallergens so the the things that trigger the asthma usually in the air yeah. so uh, what we've seen is dust is one of them pollutants is also one of them so the more and then when we get a lot of vehicles moving yes, about yes. we have a lot of emissions that's also that's also true so now we'll be having more traffic there'll be more trucks passing by you know passing up and there are more down. vehicles passing down so uh, uh, producing a lot of emissions so all this will actually contribute to poor quality of air and uh, we will see lots and lots of cases mm -hmm. going forward mm -hmm. yeah okay now um wh one of and as a doctor, obviously, um, one of the things that people usually ask is, once you have known that I have asthma, what next? Does it have a cure? Will it end? So, so that's a very common question. Every human being wants a, a quick fix, as it were. Um, but um, if you understand how asthma develops, this, this, this is a disease that um, is strongly linked to people's genes, uh, especially in children. So uh, asthma in children is usually strongly related to the genes. So that means there are other family members, either the parents or the grandparents, also had similar uh, problems. And um, in children, about 20 to 40% may usually outgrow it. So that uh, it is easy to make a diagnosis once a child is above one year for maybe for us specialists, uh, for maybe the general doctors, maybe uh, from the age of two, then you can actually be able to tell it apart from uh, common uh, respiratory conditions like uh, infections in children. So in children, sometimes it may go quiet, but it never actually goes away because uh, there are patients that I've seen that the asthma went quiet. And when they turned 65, it's Mark. So it's probably just because we don't follow these people through their lives to actually see if the asthma comes back. But there are also quite a lot of asthmatics in old age. One thing that is also interesting that is asthma tends to be common in males who are young. 
So in children, it would be more in boys. Than in girls. But as people grow older, it now changes and mm -hmm. they have... I, my clinic, you usually see probably six women for every four men that I have. So it's now more... Pre in adults, it's more commoner in women. So if a woman has a cough that has been nagging her, but she's feeding well, she's not losing weight and things like that, uh, which would now uh, suggest, for example, tuberculosis, mm -hmm. then you want to screen them for asthma. It's quite common. This condition is quite common. Mm -hmm. So does it have a cure? So asthma does not have a cure, but we can actually control this disease. Uh, basically, since the airway is the one that tends to be the problem, we usually recommend inhalational therapies. So typically, our treatment would actually be inhalers which uh, Kenyans sometimes may not accept because people think it's habit-forming and things like that. But it's, indeed, it's not habit-forming. If you're given the right treatment, and I'll insist this, that treatment for asthma is actually inhaled steroids. Many of our patients are using what you call salbutamol. So salbutamol or ventolin or, uh, for, or uh, franol, what you'll hear, that then just usually opens up the chest but does not control the disease. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I think um, early on in practice of mm. medicine, that salbutamol was the one that you know prescribed to everyone because of the fear of using steroids. steroids yeah. So with COVID, as I've told you, uh, with hiding those things, you 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 want you want to use inhaled steroids because uh, the few patients that I've seen who are asthmatic and they got COVID they were preferentially actually just using their salbutamol or the ventolin inhaler and not using a steroid inhaler. Mm -hmm. And the salbutamol just usually opens up the airway mm -hmm. and then it works for a short time. So after four hours, again, the patient is congested. And typically that's why Kenyans fear using the inhalers because if you use your salbutamol or ventolin or franol inhaler, then what tends to happen is you need more and more of it to just get the same effect. But when you use uh, an inhaled steroid, then it reduces the amount of salbutamol you need to use and it prevents future attacks mm -hmm. of the disease. Um, is there an option of using the oral steroids? Somebody, you get a tablet, you know, you swallow and it controls it. So, uh, because of the side effects of using the oral medication that's discouraged, we tend to preferentially insist that patients need to use inhalational therapy or their inhalers simply because a puff of uh, the inhaler is almost about 200 micrograms. And then what we usually prescribe for patients orally, uh, that's tablets, is about 20 milligrams. So you're actually giving a hundred times the dose when you give the patient orally. And then the other thing that I usually tell Kenyans is, shideko kwa kifua, sio kwa tumbo. rusha tembe kwa tumbo, na shideko kwa kifua. When you use the inhaler, um, uh, it, it goes, works, to, where it goes to where the problem is. So it usually starts to work quite fast compared to when you swallow a tablet that will have to be absorbed, go to the liver, half of it be removed, and then it goes to lungs. It will take two, three hours before it starts working. However, in patients with an asthmatic attack, a severe asthmatic attack, we'll usually give them a short course of uh, what we call systemic, which means either through a vein or through the mouth, of steroids for a short time because at that point in time they have a lot of swelling so you want to rapidly reduce it mm -hmm. yeah. so what what would cause uh, somebody with asthma to die typically uh, the asthmatics will die of respiratory failure so basically as i had explained earlier um, asthma is a disease of the airway so 
if the asthma is not controlled, the airways continue to swell and swell and swell and swell and swell. And typically, this will usually manifest with uh, respiratory difficulty. So breathing becomes harder. So the patient is now starts to pant. They breathe harder and harder. And usually, you can't sustain that for very long. Mm -hmm. So if you're breathing using your what you call uh, accessory muscles in medicine. So you're using your tummy, you're seeing the tummy moving up and down, you're seeing the muscles in the neck, okay, the muscles of the chest are also trying to work so hard for the patient to breathe, then that's what would call impending uh, respiratory failure. And just last night I had a patient like that, that we now had to put on a ventilator and rest him and give him all these treatments, simply mm -hmm. because if you allow this patient to continue breathing like that, they can't sustain it. The lungs are consumed 60-80% of all the energy they have. Mm. So um, ultimately, uh, they'll have what you call respiratory pump failure. Then carbon dioxide will usually tend to accumulate because now they can't remove the carbon dioxide because for asthma, the problem is removing the, the air. air. And the air which usually which comes out, which is now. rich in carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. So usually carbon dioxide accumulating in your system will usually just, just turns off your brain. So you just lose consciousness. When you lose consciousness, uh, the functions of the brain start closing down slowly. And ultimately it will close, your, uh, close the lung and then the heart will stop also. Okay. Now one last um, question. Um, and this is possibly um, many people. Maybe some people have experienced it. I've seen it when mm. I was uh, back in the accident and emergency mm. area. Um, so I, to, I just want to hear from you. Can somebody fake an asthma attack? So Especially teenagers. Yeah. I used to see actually a lot of teenagers or children who don't want to go to school or there's something. So they're like, you know, I have an asthma attack. Can so one fake it? So um, they, it's a yes and no answer. Um, I was discussing this with a senior colleague the other day, and um, I've had very many teenagers and very many young adults brought by their parents that they are faking. So for me, I usually take everybody at face value because some of these children are actually not known to be asthmatic. So these are children who have difficulties, for example, in sports or in games, have difficulty concentrating during night prep, have difficulty during morning prep. And when I actually evaluate them, they are actually asthmatic. So um, it may, for teenagers, it may look like they're malingering, but I think every teenager or every child has to be evaluated, okay, uh, well for the asthma, for the asthma to be ruled out. If there is now no evidence, then you can say they are malingering. But you will not see a child or a teenager the first time and say they are malingering. So I am careful now to evaluate them and to test them because I actually do find that the child was not faking it, that actually it is asthma that is limiting the child and mm. it needs to be addressed. And once that is addressed, the child, when the next time when I see these teenagers or young adults, they are much happier, they are relaxed. Uh, finally, somebody understands them because for the longest time they have been complaining to their parents and their parents think that they are that they're malingering now there's a small group especially teenage girls um, who may actually have hysteria and mm -hmm. hysteria you've heard about in girls schools yeah. all the girls are not able to breathe all the girls are fainting for some of those girls those symptoms actually continue even once they've left school 
and we do not understand why. So for those ones, yes, it might be some form of malingering, but they actually need to be seen by somebody who can now tackle, because it's usually tied to some uh, complex uh, behavioral issues or challenges that that person may have. And these are patients you'd want to send to either a psychologist or a behavioral uh, scientist. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Tari, for your time. Do you have a take-home message for us? So the take-home message is asthma is common. If you've uh, had that, uh, if you yourself or your relative uh, has been treated with pneumonia uh, several times in, in a year, um, then you want to be screened for asthma simply because pneumonias do not occur that often in mm -hmm. uh, in someone unless they have uh, a condition that uh, reduces their immunity. So for me, I'm very categorical. Anybody who's been tested or treated two or three times in one year should actually get a screen for asthma because um, we still underdiagnose this disease. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that's uh, Dr. Andrew War, who's a consultant physician of respiratory medicine and critical care at the Kenyatta National Hospital discussing asthma. And thank you also for listening to the A to Z of disease, a podcast by the health and science team. Look up other topics on this podcast page. And thank you for listening in. That's all that we had for you today. We'll be back with another episode. See you soon. I'm Dr. Masi Korir. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 